There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to HuffPost's brand new weekly podcast, Am I Making You Uncomfortable? Presented by me, Brogan Driscoll. And me, Rachel Moss. This podcast is a frank, honest conversation about women's health, bodies and private lives. This week, we're going to be talking about envy. While we've all experienced envy in some shape or form at some point in our lives, it has undoubtedly been exacerbated by social media. With Instagram envy, Twitter envy, even LinkedIn envy becoming very real for a lot of us. Comparison culture definitely affects my life and social media is a huge part of that particularly instagram is when you see all these beautiful people and you know your peers and obviously it's a highlight reel we all know that but it doesn't stop you feeling incredibly envious when you see someone who is on a beach with a cocktail or looking amazing with their abs and you don't feel amazing you're having a rubbish day at work and all you can see is their amazing bits and I feel it's definitely a cycle and it just continues. We're going to be discussing all this and more with Lucy Sheridan, who's a comparison coach and author of The Comparison Cure. If you want to join in the conversation, use the hashtag AIMYU. So the reason that I suggested us talking about MV for this podcast was because I think as you say, it's something that everyone struggles with, mm-hmm. but it's not really something that we kind of admit to feeling, often even, I think, to ourselves. Yeah. I think that's kind of quite telling in the fact that we've, uh, as we usually get testimonials for this podcast to get women to come forward and share their experiences, this one's been something of a struggle to get women to come forward and tell us when they've been <laughs> envious of other people. Personally, I've been envious of all sorts of things in my life. I think the prevailing one is probably professional. Mm -hmm. I think as a journalist, our work, our bylines, our Twitter profiles, everything is so public facing that, you know, you're so aware of the work that everyone's doing. You're so aware of people being on camera or, you know, and, and writing an amazing feature that everyone's talking about that it's almost like set up for you to compare yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. And also I find myself, I've always done this, but I'm like, I compare myself to people who I assume are roughly the same age as me, you know, who I think I'm like. Yeah. I have no idea if they're 10 years older than me, 10 years younger than me. I just don't (laughs) know. But I'm like, oh, okay. So that person's written an amazing feature. Why didn't I write that? Yeah, yeah. I massively relate to that so hard. If you're a woman and you're like 25 to 35 and you're in journalism, chances are I've envied you at some point. I've probably muted <laughs> you on Twitter at some point because I can't handle your success depending on how <laughs> insecure I'm feeling that week. And that's just ridiculous. And I say women as well because honestly, it's really horrible to admit, but I am more envious of women than I am men. 
it's something that especially as someone who claims to be a feminist you don't want to admit right because I am someone who tries to champion other women especially other women journalists like you share their work you praise them publicly but deep down it it does hurt more when it's a woman and I think it's because you just see men in your industry as being in a different lane right they're like in a different race they've got different privileges that mean that they can move faster so you don't compare yourself to them and there's something really messed up about that but if I'm being honest like even though I know it's wrong I still do it so I'm the same as you like work is a massive thing that um, causes envy for me I also think I have always been quite a competitive person like throughout my life and as well that is something as a woman that you don't really hear women admit a lot it's like considered a stereotypically quite masculine trait I think Mm. to be competitive but competitiveness and envy are so so closely linked I think for me being competitive is trying your best at something and then if someone else pips you to the post it's being able to like stand back and say well done you deserved it Whereas envy is you try your best at something, someone pips you to the post and then you hate them for it. <laughs> like it's, it's just like not being able to find that positive and that learning. And I do definitely like sway dangerously from one to the other sometimes. And like, if I'm honest, I have to check myself on it. Yeah, I think it's really interesting what you say. And like, it's so good for you to be so honest about it because I'm sure lots of people will relate. Kind of reflecting on my feelings of uh, envy, I think that the victim in envy is me. Like I'm not, I don't resent other people for their successes or for things that they've achieved that I haven't. I always turn it back around and use it as like a stick to beat myself with. So oh God, 100%, yeah. why haven't, why didn't you get that promotion? Why haven't you saved enough money to buy a house? Like the list is endless of things that I could change. Actually, one thing that I do envy people for is long legs, which I can't really <laughs> be that hard on myself about. <laughs> Why didn't you grow them, Brogan? Jesus, I know, you should have tried I harder. I, could. <laughs> I know, I could blame my my mum maybe for that one because we've both got little legs. I also think one of the things about envy is that it's totally irrational. So you forget mm. how good you've got it when you're looking at what somebody else has. And also we were talking about career envy earlier I'm like so aware that there will be listeners right now who have just heard us both saying that we've got career envy and they'll be just like fuck off Rachel and Brogan because (laughs) I hope not (laughs) like from that well I hope not but from the outside right we're two women who are journalists we're hosting a podcast we've got relatively secure jobs right now which is not a common thing given you Mm. know the amount of people who are furloughed facing unemployment and redundancy So we do have it really good. And yet we are still envious of other people in our industry. Yeah, I think it's all relative, as you say. I do think that there are some times when envy is beneficial, though, when it kind of Mm. makes you strive to be better. Obviously, we're not just like horrible people who just (laughs) look at other people and be like, why don't I have long legs? Or not in Rachel's case, because she has really long legs. I have noted those, by the way. The uh, Yeah, we're not just kind of like envious little gremlins. There are times when envy has probably benefited us. Do you you have any examples of that? Where it's kind of made you strive to be like a better person or to push for something? I think like career-wise, when when someone gets something that you wanted, it feels, all right, it feels shit for a week. But then for the next month, you pick yourself Mm. up and then you achieve something amazing. 
and those things have happened and they've been really positive experiences when I've done when I've done those things like I don't think we'd be making this podcast if I hadn't have had a few career knocks in the last year and I've decided oh I'm going to start pushing myself forward for things Mm. a bit more you know like those those kind of things are actually really positive and also like we should also say that we're really pleased for people when things happen too because you know we're not completely envious all the time I think it's interesting how you can often be envious of people you don't know as in people that you vaguely know from social media but when it comes to your friends and the people that you know inside out when they get a promotion or they have a baby or they get engaged or they buy a house oh my god the joy is so Mm. real like that is I think that just shows that envy it's it's in your head comes about because you it's in your head and it's because you don't know the whole package of someone it's when you're envious of someone you don't know what shit they've got going on or you don't know how hard they've worked to get that thing that they've got um so yeah so it's it's so nice actually when other people in your life who you're close to get things that they've wanted Mm. for a really long time even if they're things that you want to and sometimes that can give you hope like oh they've managed to get it so maybe i can get it as well So I think you can definitely like flip your mindset on envy. And that's why I'm super excited to talk to Lucy about how you do that, about how you turn that comparison from a negative when it creeps in into a positive, because that would just be like beneficial for everybody. I've never been able to maintain a best friendship for more than two years um so every time that i see someone say they're so close with their friends from childhood and have shared so many experience and memories i think why them and not me like why what do i do wrong that doesn't allow me to keep a friendship or have the friendship that i want and i never thought it could be envy um but i guess it is i just want what other people have joined today by Lucy Sheridan who is the world's first and only comparison coach and is accredited by the Association for Psychological Therapies. She has helped thousands of people change their mindset around envy and comparison and harness their feelings for good. Thank you so much for joining us Lucy. It's totally my pleasure thanks for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So could you tell us what exactly is a comparison coach? First of all, I appreciate I have the most uh, niche job title in the world, Um, so I'm more than happy to to share a bit more about that. My work is absolutely focused on helping people stop comparing themselves to other people. So whether that's doing a talk in a school, seeing a private client, writing something on social media, the book, you name it, it's all absolutely focused on that topic. And how that breaks down is I help people ultimately improve their self-focus, self-confidence and self-worth. As you say, it's quite an, it is quite a niche job. What led you to this point? Well, it was definitely a case of kind of teach what I need to learn. So for me, um, comparison has been really present in my life since as early as I can remember. So I can remember my brother being born when I was like five years old and like looking at the toy situation thinking, oh gosh, what's going on here? And like, <laughs> am I still as cute as he is? And, and that kind of thing, like from a really young age, arguably too young, had a really good idea of how I ranked in a group. Um, and so it was something that kind of followed me through my life. And then when it got quite acute within adulthood in my late twenties, when I went to um, a school reunion, and I will say like the day itself was actually like really good. The Prosecco flowed, the barbecue was a strong five out of five. You know, it was actually a fun day. It was the day after 
when things took a bit of a sinister turn for my comparison. But it was waking up this next day with having so many more and different social media contacts and so much more to compare myself to as well that were in my cohort, you know, sat next to them at school. That's when things got really, really sinister. And coupled with not having a very great time in my work life at the time and really my confidence taking a, a big pummeling. And I kind of realized at one point, I think it was a Saturday and I was like fully clothed under a duvet and it was really nice outside. So it was like not aspirational. Um, and I kind of like, what are you doing? Like, this has to stop. Like, you can't keep putting your focus and your time here. So I kind of started looking at it like a puzzle to solve. And then ultimately came to what will be coming up to seven years ago now. A few things happened in my work life. Um, and it became clear that there was an opportunity to start to do more of this kind of comparison coaching in the world and followed a few clues and thought, right, I'm going to throw myself at this and see what happens. I'm experiencing, I've experienced it so much so perhaps if I can kind of make this available and, and share more here, there there might be some interest in it. And I just had to kind of back myself in that idea. Um, and I say the rest is history. The rest is loads of hard work and a bit of luck along the way. Um, but ultimately, um, that's kind of led me to today in terms of um, helping people comparison in lots of different ways. But what I will say is it was definitely a case of teach what I need to learn. And I will also say that I, I do still compare myself to people. But what I'll acknowledge is when I experience now, it's kind of, it's in and out. It's almost like a kind of cuckoo, like a cuckoo clock. It's quite intense, but it's short-lived and really spread out. Whereas before I was a comparison generalist and I would just be in a constant fog of it. It was more rare for me to not be comparing than it would be for me to be comparing. So I want to kind of highlight that any progress you can get to come back to yourself is like gets a big green tick emoji from me. I love that. And it's so great that you're so honest about your own journey and experience to get to this point as well. Is there such a thing as good envy and bad envy? I don't know. I think you're either envious or you're not. If you're not envious, you're inspired and motivated and perhaps lit up. Um, I'm not sure there is like, you know, good and bad are kind of easy and simplistic terms, but I think envy has a place. I don't believe there are like good or bad emotions. There's just the human experience and we have to be really sensitive and aware of how we label that. Um, but I certainly think like envy is certainly kind of maybe one of the kind of is part of like the shadow side. It's maybe the part of our personality and our traits that we don't like to shout about, that we don't um, necessarily want to kind of broadcast on social media. Um, I think if you're not in envy, the, the good version of that or the opposite of that is around, it's about inspiration and motivation. I think that kind of has a whole different vocab to it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I love the way thinking about that, actually, rather than I'm envious of that and I so I'm going to use it as motivation it's just like forget the envy it's just like I'm inspired by that yeah well that's the place to get to like if you're feeling envy you're feeling it it's not that like, you can't pretend that you're not and I think this is an interesting part of the part an interesting and necessary part of the conversation we need to consider is that it like envy isn't a bad bad thing it's kind of it's trying to tell us something and like if it was as simple as kind of fix and switch it then we would all be doing it but I think sometimes in our um, rush to just get out of discomfort, get out of discomfort, we miss the kind of the processing of it and then it gets to circle around again. So I think if it was as simple as like, oh, just be inspired. Well, first of all, I wouldn't have a job, but we'd all be doing it. I think there's always, you know, when we're feeling envy, it's a case of, OK, acknowledging it, acknowledge the feelings that are coming up. But then it's also the next question, which is uncomfortable. What's really going on here? What are the, some of the key issues that you see? with your clients and your work that kind of crop up again and again? 
Um, something that comes up a lot, no matter you know where someone might appear to be in life, is around comparison around milestones and about the feeling of feeling behind or ahead of people in terms of like a chronology. And um, that's something that w that I find circles up again and again. And as much as there aren't kind of like, like I say, the, the quick fixes, there are certain things that we can do and we can be to help with that. But that's certainly something I think that is universal. Also, another thing that comes up, and of course, that, you know, be weird if I didn't mention it, but that would be, be kind of like comparison against what we see on social media, of course, which isn't just a millennial kind of like, or zenial, <laughs> so many new labels to describe people. It's not a millennial zenial thing, you know. I can kind of, you know, before, um, you know, seeing family members and I might, you know, hear my auntie on FaceTime with her friend saying what they've just seen on Instagram about their friend who's like well into their 60s, you know. So I think it's um, I think it's unfair to think that social media comparison is something that just affects certain age groups. I think it can it can affect you if you have access to social media, um, full stop, ultimately there. Um, but what's been interesting um, recently as we've kind of lived through this experience has been this new sort of comparison that's come in, as in before we were comparing ourselves perhaps to what was on show and how people were out there living overtly. So lovely holidays and perhaps, you know, um, how they spend their social time, that kind of thing. And then lastly, we've had this access to people and they're behind the scenes, which we wanted to believe isn't perfect. I'm like, oh, wow, actually their kitchen's really nice too. <laughs> There's been this back door of comparison a lot of us have been able yeah. to get to that we never wanted to walk through but it's like oh wow they're great at that as well and again <laughs> just judgment and perception <laughs> the, the quick judgment. Yeah. yeah exactly but there has been this kind of like this back door of comparison more latterly that's come up a lot certainly I've kind of heard from uh, clients but one of the themes whether it's you know it's my relationship or it's my work life one of the themes that kind of comes up is not feeling good enough because comparison is often like a Trojan horse to something else to the what's really going on and part of my role is to help a client get there but something that um, unites a lot of us that experience comparison is in a certain area we're just not feeling good enough and we have to kind of work out how we give ourselves that permission to work on that ultimately. You mentioned social media earlier and I think one of the things about social media that is quite bonkers is the fact that we can look at our own lives from like five, ten years ago. So I don't know about you, but you know when you look at photos on your own Instagram from when you were like five years younger and you're like, oh, I'm envious of her, she looks fab. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reading something before we started recording this from a social psychologist called Sherry Turkle and she talks about self-envy and the way you can almost envy yourself on social media, not just your past pictures, but like the online self you create, that like fake avatar. Is that something that you've come across with women that you work I, with? I definitely think that um, comparison to a past self is something that a lot of us do experience. And I actually, and this is, I mean, you wouldn't expect me to say much in, the, in support of the topic of comparison, but I'll sometimes see, especially on Pinterest, like the only person you should compare yourself to is your previous self. And actually, I don't think that's right either, because I'll speak for myself only, but like, who I am now, what I've learned now, what I've done now, what I've experienced since now, what I've healed up to now, what I've messed up with up to now, like that is me being like fully embodied in this life that I'm in and who we were then, whether that's an appearance thing or it's kind of, we feel like we're more confident at a certain time in our lives or carefree even, that can come in a lot. Um, 
there's nothing wrong with who that person was, but there's nothing wrong with the person that we are now too. And there's, you know, if there is going to be any comparison to the past self, I think it's looking at how much we've brought with us rather than how we perceive that we haven't. We bash ourselves so much for who we are right here today without really having the reverence and respect for everything it took to get here as well. So, you know, it's kind of remembering that everything is contained in here, but you're allowed to flex and pivot and adapt just like we give that permission to everyone else. Why are we so kind of slow to give it to ourselves in this area? Envy is something that for me just really lurks in the shadows. So it often doesn't show its face or come out by its name. Day to day, I don't always feel particularly conscious of being envious of people or situations. But when I think about using social media, looking through Instagram, for example, I often do come away with a real sense of lack. Like I lack that really beautiful house or I lack the relationship or I lack the family. Um, and I think that's how it plays out for me. It's that sense of, of not having and yearning. Envy is something that I struggle with um, in relation to people's careers, their homes, and increasingly family life. As someone who wants my own family but hasn't been in a position to do that yet, it can be tricky seeing the babies on the feeds. I don't really envy my close friends. It's very much that wider circle of people that I don't really see in real life. But when someone said to me that social media is all about comparing your own insides to other people's outsides, I feel like that has helped me a bit to quell the envy when it does bubble up. So we heard from a listener there about how she feels that she envies people within her wider, the wider circle rather than her immediate friends and some specific topics that kind of that make her feel quite envious are around fertility and um, and families. Um, is that something that you find, does that kind of ring true with some of the work that you've been doing? It's really important that people understand that they're never going to be the only one experiencing something and that's not to dissolve or reduce their lived experience. It's to remind us, to remind ourselves that there are going to be communities and other people we can talk to that we can kind of connect with through this too. So for example, um, if you follow, for example, hashtag TTC, trying to conceive, um, that is an amazing hashtag of lots of people's different lived experiences. They go on their own journey to family too. So for example, the hashtag TTC um, hashtag is a really, is a great example of communities that have come together online to share lived experiences of those that are trying to start their own family. TTC stands for trying to conceive. And that's something um, which I think with this listener's um, testimonial their story and their experience comes back to this idea of milestones and things happening expecting to happen at what are traditional timings but in the modern world and constantly evolving and life having to adapt to it's not always going to be it never is like a linear process to that as well so some of the starting steps I would suggest to this person are do what you can to connect back with the real relationships in your life that remind you of who you are and where you are good enough. And, you know, having those conversations with people that do really get you rather than feeling like you're looking out almost like edge of the cliff views, trying to see what's going on in, in strangers' lives there. And it's also around like kind of like building communities of people that empathise and that understand your own experience too. Mm. They're really great tips. I'm interested though, you said you've identi identified four main types of comparison. 
what briefly are the other three because I would really like to know which one I am oh sure see <laughs> which ones resonate with you so um the first one is um a scanner type so this is someone that compares themselves in lots of different ways to lots of different people they don't really know that well so this is your classic person that might follow lots of bloggers and sit there for hours like their their phone like battery dying in their phone as they compare themselves to another stranger's house holiday you know, career progression, you name it. That is a scanner type. The next type is the scout. And that is those that compare themselves to lots of, in lots of different ways, but to lots of different people that they know. Then the third type is the archer. So that's comparing yourself in, in one area to someone that you might not know at all. You might see someone whose career that you kind of have been inspired by. And then I have noticed, certainly for me, I kind of go from being inspired to having them under surveillance, what they're doing now, what they're reporting now, what else are they working on? Yeah, not necessarily healthy. And then the final type is the squirrel. And that is um, comparing yourself in one way to one person that you know. So this is, I've, I've had clients that, for example, this can come up with siblings in sibling groups. I just can't yeah. stop comparing myself to my sibling. Or there's been this friend since school that I start, can't stop comparing myself to. So that's the squirrel. And it's almost like gathering that one very specific snack um, relating to the comparison with that person. So yeah, there's the four types. That's so fascinating. What type do you think you are, Rachel? Pressure. Um, <laughs> I think I am the archer. Yeah. I think I my um, pitfall is career things at the moment. I think it change. I think it changes throughout your life. Actually, yeah, I think you're I right. Said yeah. that. I wouldn't have said that when I was younger. Obviously, because mm. I didn't have a career. I was in bloody school. <laughs> but <laughs> I would have said maybe when I was like a teenager, I'd have been like, oh, I'm so envious of everyone with boyfriends, and it, yeah. that would have been the big thing. Yeah. And now that that part of my life's happy, it's career, and no doubt in five years time it'll be something else um but yeah I think I'm definitely the one subject but scattergun it's directed at no one no one in particular and everyone at the same time yeah <laughs> <laughs> what about you Brogan I think I'm a scanner because I yeah. think that I have a lot of things that I compare myself to others about nothing kind of like that's that's over no no one thing is kind of dominant in like what I will what I'm kind of comparing myself to others with. But Rachel and I were talking earlier about how we don't feel that it's directed at people. Neither of us think that our um, comparison is directed to people we know directly. It's kind of, yeah, for me, it's definitely like a couple, like random things with random people. Then I've got a quiz on my gram, at Lucy Sheridan. People are like, I want to take the quiz. There's a quiz and it's very specific in the questions. So people are curious, that's where to go. Um, envy is obviously really common. We've, mm. you know, heard it from our three experiences, from the testimonials yeah. we've had. Considering how common it is, why do you think there's still a bit of a taboo about admitting it? Well, I think it um, it almost, it just comes from a place of being like these the emotions that we're perhaps a bit embarrassed about. So we'd love to kind of share, you know, I'm a loyal friend, or I'm great at arranging parties, or I'm a good listener. But we'd never say, you know, I'm quite manipulative. I'm envious. <laughs> I yeah. kind of like, I gossip quite a lot. It's the part of our personalities we don't like to talk about. We don't like to, um, 
who maybe don't like to publicise or to, to be accountable for. Um, and I think ultimately, we, we kind of look at where envy comes from. It's a feeling of kind of not feeling quite enough. And it comes from a place of maybe not feeling secure in ourselves, feeling insecure. And we have to be tremendously vulnerable to say those words. So rather than like, oh, why they always get me those opportunities, but like, oh, wow, I feel so rattled. I feel so insecure right now. Mm. <laughs> People very rarely declare that. And yeah. so I think it's a taboo because it's, First of all, it's difficult to find the words to talk about it, and it can be difficult to find safe spaces to be heard talking about it too. For any listeners who are um, hanging on every word that you're saying, um, do you have any advice about how to kind of overcome or redirect these feelings of envy? Yeah, first of all, I'd say, um, let yourself feel it. And you might think like, whoa, that doesn't sound like stopping it. Hear me out. If you can allow yourself to feel the envy almost like a wave rather than try and rush or, or chase it away or hide or run away from it and allow those feelings that come with it to just to come. And as part of that as well, take some really big, deep down to your belly breaths, like flood your system with oxygen. What you'll start to do is you'll dissipate the emotion relating to it and you'll then be able to come up to a place of, oh, that wasn't very nice, uh, rather than it kind of it grab you and take you under. So you kind of take responsibility for having the feeling, having the emotional experience there. And what that means is the envy doesn't get, or the, the effectively doesn't get stored up. And you can more quickly move to, okay, well, what's this telling me? I'm feeling envious of this person and this thing I've seen them post on LinkedIn. What does this tell me about what I want for my next steps in my professional life? Because my promotion has absolutely zero to do with kind of so-and-so down the road I used to work with winning this award I just saw on LinkedIn. Like the two are not related. So what's what's really going on here? What's my insight? But allow yourself to feel it. There's nothing to fear. It can't hurt you. It's just you. Mm. So Lucy, we always ask all of our guests the same question to round up the podcast and that is what makes you uncomfortable? I think what makes me uncomfortable is when I know I'm avoiding something. <laughs> um, so something I'm trying really hard to do in my adulthood, like I say, 37th birthday, is to avoid avoidance. Whether that is things like I'm sitting next to a letter, like a tax letter that I need to send my accountant and I've had it since yesterday. There was no reason why I shouldn't have had it yesterday afternoon, by the way. So here we are, it's sitting next to me right now, darlings. Um, so, and it's kind of an avoiding avoidance to stop sabotaging myself in ways. It makes me feel awkward um, when I know that I'm avoiding something um, because I, it just it plays on my mind for example and I always 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 know I'm standing in my own way I'm actually trying to do something about it and and I think I am also getting the view very clearly now it will be a lifetime assignment <laughs> this is not <laughs> something I'm going to crack by uh, <laughs> by the end of the year nice it's it's very honest that a coach still needs a bit of coaching oh something. gosh yes so that's good to hear. that's good to hear um, thank you so much for joining us, Lucy. You've given us so, so many interesting insights on this topic. Thank you. Oh, it's truly my pleasure. Thanks so much for such a great conversation together. I don't know if you've realised, but I've been writing furiously while you've been talking. I've just been like, I've been like, scanner. Oh, mega. Oh, blah. <laughs> Loads of things you've said. So thanks very much. My pleasure, sweetheart. Thank you so much. You just heard from Lucy Sheridan, a comparison coach and author of The Comparison Cure, How to Be Less Them and More You, which is out now. That's it this week from Am I Making You Uncomfortable? We hope you've enjoyed. Please subscribe to our podcast and give us a lovely, lovely review. 
I'm Rachel Moss and you can find me at Rachel Moss underscore. And I'm Brogan Driscoll and you can find me at Brogan underscore Driscoll. This podcast is produced by Crystal Genesis. Our assistant producer is Rachel Porter and our sound engineer is Nag Corinde. You've just listened to Am I Making You Uncomfortable? Hashtag A-I-M-Y-U. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.